is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, hey, this is episode number 78 of the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. We are recording this live on Facebook, and so if you are a replay viewer, or a podcast listener, hello. Just taking a moment to breathe into you, saying a prayer for you. As we close out this year, I have some good stuff to share with you today. Um, I want to give a shout out and welcome to all my live viewers. If you're here, say hello. <laughs> Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, I want to give a shout out to you. I can't see your faces and name. And so if you ever want to share the podcast or that you're listening, tag me so I can say hi to you. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about open heart, slow tango, and big profit. So have you ever heard that statement? What got you here won't get you there. And so as we come to the year's end, I am reflecting on my life journey, my business journey, the journey of the woman that I'm becoming. And I have some really good meaty stuff for you today to consider. So um, open heart, slow tango, and big profit is my word of the year. (laughs) Right. So I don't just have one word for next year for 2020. I actually have this theme and this essence that I want to share. It's, it's more than a phrase to me. So open heart has actually been my quote word of the year for the, for the past four or five years. And I want to tell you about where that comes from. And I guarantee you, as you listen or as you watch, you may notice yourself in some of these and hopefully you will be able to take away some of these insights and marinate on them and see how you can apply them if they resonate to yourself. So what I don't mind telling you and what I might not have realized even for myself was that most of my life I've been a terrified human being. And a couple, actually, episode number two of the podcast, we are now on episode number 78 and almost three years in. Episode number two was about the money sin we're committing. And that's just kind of a tricky name to get you to listen to it, but it was about receiving. And I remember reading the book by Amanda Owen, The Power of Receiving, and seeing myself in one of the chapters that talked about people who gave and gave and gave and like had this people people pleaser personality and that it came from an inability to receive and 
we would give and give and give and people please so that we would not be rejected. And so I have written down here that fear of rejection has been a huge blessing in my life. It protected me for a long time. It created a rebel in me that was willing to do things. Um, my fear of rejection um, and the way my nervous system would handle it was like, I would give the double bird and say, I'm out, right? Like I would reject myself and pull myself out of a situation. Or on the other end of the spectrum, I would be really people pleasy. And so that part of my personality and recognizing that and being able to work with that insight um, of what my deepest motives were, what were my deepest motives? I was so not conscious of that when I read that in that book. And holy cow, it was amazing. So the other thing, like being this person that was ultimately afraid of being rejected, very deep motivation. I didn't, I was not aware of it on the outer surface. And, but she was the one that took the risk. She was the one that said F you to the company and left. She was the one that, um, educated herself. And that's the risk taker in me, which is interesting because fear of rejection manifesting as risk taking. Um, but I took those risks because inside my heart, I was desperate to prove myself to who? I don't know. Well, I do know now. I was actually desperate to prove myself to myself. My soul <laughs> was calling me to be my true self. And so... um that was the other thing that called me, not called me, but that inner need to be accepted, to accept myself, to avoid rejection was the thing that motivated me to take the risk, to start my business, um, to always be learning, to, to do all kinds of things. And what I've noticed in the last five or six years of asking spirit to help me open my heart. And so the way my heart was closed is the doors were open outwardly. I would give, but my heart was, there was, it's like having the screen door open, but the, but it was really shut because I was afraid of feeling pain. I was afraid of rejection and so I absolutely love that, um, I don't know, I guess 2014 was when my, even though I've been doing coaching and personal development, I've been doing unofficial coaching. I mean, I was a camp counselor and then a counselor of the counselors. I went to school to be a therapist, um, never finished that degree, ended up being a teacher. So uh, I've been a ba baseball, basketball, not a baseball coach, a basketball coach. And through all those things, I was leaning towards the positive to avoid the scary. And in 2014, the work that I did really led me to learn how to experience a range of emotions, not just the happy ones, um, to learn how to truly open my heart, not just to good experiences, but open my heart to all that it needed to feel. And if any of y'all know the Enneagram, I, I'm right now, I'm really confused about where I am on the Enneagram because I'm not motivated by the things that I used to be motivated by. And that's part of this journey that what was a blessing became a block. And so for all these years, being an Enneagram seven and wanting things to be fun and wanting things to feel good pushed me out of things that felt bad. But until I was willing to open my heart 
to to a greater range. So um, one of the examples that I give is actually my very personal religious journey. So I was raised Christian. And somebody asked me the other day, they were like, what? You're not Christian? You don't believe in Jesus? And I was like, I totally believe in Jesus. And I, I feel like my belief in Jesus was like this, but my belief, including Jesus, is just so much more range. And so opening my heart to listen to other people, opening my heart to um, other human beings, to other religious philosophies, opening my heart to experience all of life, both what was comfortable and familiar and both and, and what was uncomfortable and unfamiliar and actually even terrifying. I told my dad, I mentioned this the other day, but I told my dad this weekend, um, I was at my, not this weekend, but Friday when, or Thursday when baby Bowman was born. Um, I was talking with my dad and, and was sharing about how he had, you know, we were talking about the name Bowman and my brother's child is named Bowman and that's the street we grew up on. And, and that is actually a family name for us. And I don't want to share too much of Cameron's story, but we were there with my dad, the three generation of crows. And my dad was, you know, kind of talking about how some things weren't good. And I said, you know, dad, for the past five years, I've had to allow myself, I've had to open my heart to what wasn't good. But after surveying all that was good and all that was bad and traumatic and not good, there is definitely more good than bad. And it just felt like an honor to tell him. Whereas three years ago, I remember having to open my heart to literally hate my family. I hate that word, but to literally be so disappointed. And so what I have found is that opening my heart gives, makes me a woman of range and it is changing everything. It's changing my relationship with my husband. It's changing my relationship with my family and with my business. And so um, the other thing that opening my heart is doing is giving me a sacred confidence. So my confidence now is coming, not coming from a place of ego primarily. I mean, I certainly still got a little ego in here for sure, but my confidence is coming from this slow place. So I'll talk about slow tango in just a minute, but my confidence is shifting. So before it was a false confidence that was big on the outside, but small on the inside. And the other day, my friend Toku McCree, who is a coach and he trains coaches, was talking about what are some of the wild things that you have done with your clients? And I have done a lot of really wild things. I've taken clients to Mexico and made them get to a destination two hours away where they didn't know the language. I have skinny dipped with clients. I have taken them to see wolves. I have um, done equus coaching with them. I have done painting. I have done blindfold painting. Um, I have done all sorts of crazy things with clients. And I, I hadn't taken the time to write this yet to Toku. But one of the things that is so interesting is because now I'm very boring with my clients. And I used to need the risk I used to need to do all the big fancy things because it was easier to do the big fancy things all over the world than it was to just sit with a client in their discomfort. And so now I'm enjoying the range of this different 
element. And who knows, maybe all the wild and the risk and the flashy will come back, but there's something sacred about the simplicity. And so open heart, I think I'm, I don't, I got to go back to see which year I first started it, but I feel like open heart and open hearted is going to be my word of the year every year. It is the basis from which I want to come. And it is, it is, in and out, not just open-hearted to giving, but open-hearted to experiencing all of life. And being open-hearted and willing to experience that has given me sacred confidence over ego confidence. And that equals peace. Okay, so number two is slow tango. (laughs) My husband, since the day I met him, has been telling me to slow down. Slow down, Allison. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. I'm a fast mover on the disc scale. I'm an ID, fast, social, get shit done, fast, fast, fast. I make decisions fast. Um, I think about things and then I make a decision. I I don't fear the consequence of anything. Um, and so I began, actually, it was interesting, the year I started, the year I discovered Rich Lippin, who was my coach for a while, um, I I had been drawing pictures of Shavasana. I've been drawing yoga pictures, and I was just drawing slow down, and I could feel my soul's call to slow down. And then Rich would always use the phrase, slow down to speed up. And I began to practice slowing down. That was not easy for me. It still can be a challenge, although I'm much better. And so I spent four or five years nurturing slow. And then one year, my friend and colleague, Christina Berkeley, posted this video of her literally doing a dance in a, in a, like in ballroom fashion. She was actually in a conference and they circled all around her and this gentleman who was her partner and she did a tango, but it was a slow tango. And the dance, a tango is like something really fast. Like in my mind, I think of it really fast and sexy, sexy and sensual. And she did this dance and shared this YouTube video on social media and it went all the way into my bones and my being. And I knew that the idea of slow tango would transform what had worked for me and then hit a block. And so um, in the past, being fast, all that risk-taking was um, natural to me. It was, it was easy. And to develop myself, I began to teach myself to go slow. So for me, slow tango means sustainable. Many, many of my clients are middle-aged men and women. I cannot speak to what it is like to be a middle-aged man, but I can speak to what it is like to have the body, hormones, and just the physical ability of a middle-aged woman. And that is not something that until recently I'd really considered the impact on business. And a few years ago, I went through burnout, um, hypothyroidism, um, adrenal fatigue. Um, I was sleeping entirely too much. I literally couldn't bear, even though I loved my work, I physically couldn't bear to run my business the way I had been running my business. And so uh, sustainability, not just profitability, but sustainability became very important to me 
one of the reasons it became important to me was because I don't have retirement. <laughs> and so retiring was not an option. It's not an option for my creativity, but it wasn't also an option for finances. And so I began considering what could I do that was soulful? What could I do that was successful? And what could I do that had long-term emotional sustainability, financial sustainability, um, physical sustainability, right? Began really taking in the mind, body, spirit. And this dance, this slow tango, it's sustainable. It's sexy. It's simple. Slow growth is solid. And we live in this day and age. Y'all, last night I sat down um, at my computer. I had gone out to shop and it was just a disaster. So I got the hair chop instead. <laughs> instead of shopping, I got my hair all chopped off. Um, and I came home and sat down and ordered all my Christmas presents online. And the thing is, everything and my new coffee maker will all be here in the next two days. That is the life we are living. And so we've become really accustomed to this quick fix. And what I know is that the first year I set the goal of having an open heart or I set the essence of feeling into open heart, it wasn't complete. It's a lifelong journey. And myself and my clients, I use the distinction of gardeners versus machines. There are a lot of machines out there. And I think that the people that have machine type personality and that's the kind of business that they run, like it's like get the product out there, get the service out there next, get the product, get the service next fantastic for them. That ain't me. There is something in my soul that requires relationship in the middle of all these things. And so I call us gardeners. We're still growing something. We are still selling our services, um, but there is a relational quality that is very, very valued for gardeners. If you're a gardener, raise your hand and let me know you're a gardener. If you're a machine, you probably don't have the tolerance to watch me, which is fine. Um, God bless the machines. They do their thing. The machines are getting me my Christmas presents <laughs> in time for Christmas. And the people that I work with are gardeners. And what's interesting about gardening is it's a slow process. Yes, landscaping, you can come in and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But here's the thing, those plants still had to slow grow before they're able to be implemented into your garden. And so think about what slow tango could mean for you in your business. Slow doesn't have to mean sloth, although they're adorable. It doesn't have to mean it's never going to happen. And many of the people I talk to, especially in the past week, we get so wrapped up in the speed of our business and the speed of our success. I talked with a client yesterday who um, was having a little bit of a confidence crisis because she feels like she's been doing this for a long time and it hasn't been getting traction. And the fact is she hasn't been doing it for a long time. A year, two years is not a long time. That is still baby. That is still launch phase. Y'all, three to five years to profit three to five years to profit, and then five to eight, nine, 10 for growth. Maybe after that, you're in what we call achievement phase. So think about what, what realizing, like when I, when I realize I want to be doing some form of this work, inspiration, coaching, teaching, when I'm 70, 80 years old, why am I rushing right now? 
And the more that I go slow, the more that I hear my own inner wisdom and everything I implement is gold versus rushing through without checking in. Okay, so the last theme, the last theme is the business. I mean, a lot of it is business aspect. But listen, I'm all about gardening. I'm all about open heart. I'm all about dancing. But mother effas, I'm also about big profit. And so many of you know that um, money is one of my glorious vehicles for creation. Um, I have a unique ancestry of money in both the crow and risinger sides of my family. Um, I my grandfather was a grand success as a developer. Um, my dad had very up and down success and I was imprinted at a young age with very up and down success. And honestly, I never ever considered being in business for myself until I was uh, 29 years old. I never, ever thought about being in business for myself. I had wanted to be a stay-at-home wife and mom, and I wanted to marry a very rich man because that's all I saw in my community, right? Remember what I said about range at the beginning? Open heart, open your mind to other experiences. And so my first year in real estate, I grossed 120 something thousand dollars and I had gone from making $36,000 as a kindergarten and computer teacher to... um to, to figuring out how to, to this income that I'd never had before and to this, this realization that I actually had a business strategy mindset. And so, um, talk about slow tango and slow journey has been my journey with money and has been my journey with receiving, has been my journey with, um, wisdom in my money. And there's so many teachers about money, whether it's go from law of attraction to Dave Ramsey, and everybody's got an opinion of how it's done. And I am really learning how to um, create sustainable income. Um, So sustainable, that recurring revenue, um, multiple streams of income, um, I'm also, the other thing about big profit for me is not just the money in my business, but am I providing for my future self? Um, do I have the other elements? So a lot of times when we're talking about money, we just talk about income. But for me, big profit is not only am I profiting financially, but am I emotionally profiting? Is my future profiting? Um, and so one of the themes this year, I'm really excited because I have been building, building, building. Um, many of you know that three years ago, I tore down everything and I didn't tear down my history, but I tore down the current structure structure and rebuild Soulful Living LLC and my business around this membership program that I offer that you're all invited to join. And in, um, in rebuilding that, we downsized house, we, um, I downsized my income, um, and I upped my expenses. <laughs> Insane. Taxes last year were not fun to look at. This year, they're going to be fantastic to look at. And in the last year, y'all will hear me talk about this a lot. In the last year, I have learned to allow implementation help. And so I'm going to be doing a podcast very soon on um, going pro. And there's a lot of ways that I'm pro. I know that I am pro as a coach in my skills, but I have been going pro the last couple of years, especially last year and this year coming up, going pro as a business owner. 
I have a lot of friends that like use that language of the CEO. Um, I've been playing around with the phrase soulful mogul. Um, what that means to me right now, mogul is not resonating, but really going pro as a businesswoman. So y'all realize, right? Like if you're out there and you have your skill, your skill is one element, but the, the other skill in growing a business and in creating profit and the way you manage and spend your money and resources in your business is a whole nother thing. I hadn't had somebody look at my P&L and help me understand if my profit margins were decent or not the entire time I was running my business. And so things like paying my taxes um, on time quarterly with cash, um, (laughs) gently and slowly getting out of business credit card debt, um, and hiring this help that, you know, we can be a visionary and we can, so we can have the idea for the business and we can have the delivery of the business. And this implementation is where I see a lot of small business owners get stuck. And so um, big profit is an unfolding theme for me. I'm also willing to declare publicly that money is important to me. It's totally important to me. Um, what I love about my business creating money is not just my lifestyle. Business creating money allows me to give. It allows me to... Um, you know, I have three, four, five, five people that work contract with me and I get to pay them. Um, I get to help fund their lives. I get to donate. Um, there's a lot, a lot that I can do with the income that I make that feels really soulful more than just stuff. Um, so big profit through tending the garden of my skill of my business skills, of my willingness to grow and expand. And so that's another theme this year. Um, Where my business happens to be is it happens to be at a place where actually a lot of the foundation that I never had when my heart was closed and all I was was a risk taker, a risk taker moved so fast, she didn't set up the foundation. And so I've spent the last three years doing structure that I don't do, but I found a way to learn how to work with other people to help me. And even this morning as I went into my structure, this was fun. So what I love about um, learning to work with somebody is that my team listens to me they create a structure that they think will work. And then I go in and if there's an element of that structure that doesn't fit, I, one of the things I, I, I told my team this morning was like, I just need to trust myself not to blow past the structure, but if there's a little piece, chug the piece and switch it, right? So what's interesting, I know this is a little behind the scenes, but today's episode was supposed to be about Soulful Mogul. And I'm just not feeling the soulful mogul vibe. And so that kept me from recording this podcast. Um, you know, I, I found the resistance. Instead of trusting my inner, when I go slow and I know that something's not resonating, all I had to do today is sit down and said, what is resonating? You know what's resonating? Open heart, slow tango, big profit, bitches. That shit is fun. And so learning how to do the dance, right? The slow tango is a dance. And so when I learn how to do this dance with my, um, with my team, um, with the people who contract and work for me, allows me space and time to love on my people. 
And loving on my people is the number one way I create big profit. And in the past, loving on my people became exhausting because I didn't have any systems or structure to support me loving on my people. And so, um, you know, at the end of the year, it'll be fascinating to look back and see what did big profit really mean to me. All I know is that I am going even deeper into looking at my expenses and not just from scarcity or see what I can chop, but really what is profitable? What is profitable on my P&L? What is profitable um, in my heart? What is profitable with my time? Um, what is... Um, how can I create a life that is in the green mind, body, spirit, finances, family? And so those three things, you know, I didn't always used to be that way for many years, y'all. When I was making money, I'd make all this money and then I'd get a tax bill and, and I'd just get my debt paid off. And then I'd have to put 30 or $40,000 on credit cards. And, um, I saw my own family overspend earn a lot, but spend more than they made. And so big profit is about not just making more, it's about spending wisely and making more because making more was never my problem. It was always about the allocation of it. And so each of you have resources, not just financial resources, but emotional resources, intellectual. And I do believe they're abundant, but a lot of times the one who had a closed heart refused to think there was another way to do it. <laughs> and so she um, didn't want to feel the pain of doing without to create going forward. And one of the lessons I've learned in the last few years, so for the first time um, in my life, I have, well, I've had disability insurance for the last 10 years. I've had a life insurance policy for the last 10 years, but I am investing and in teaching myself to invest in the stock market. Um, I have two IRA, Roth IRA accounts um, that I'm actively putting a little bit here and there in. Last year, I maxed one out. Um, we'll see if I can max the other one out this year. Not quite sure. Um, but I am putting in the future. And then I also have some things set up um, if I were to ever get sick or if I were to have um, disability or if I were ever to get Alzheimer's, which runs in my family, I have some things set up. And those are structures that I had never, I call it spending on my future self. So I was so resistant to, uh, to saving and to planning. My future self was suffering. And the idea of a budget felt like it was... Um, depriving me of something. And my Enneagram 7 personality did not want to be deprived of anything. And so she just busted through and created. But I'd create on one end and I was leaking out the other. And so what's happened over the last couple of years is I've had that open heart. I've been able to face things that my nervous system and my emotional system were very uncomfortable facing. And what is happening is that the hole is being plugged. And so I am learning that there is joy in providing for my future self. There's not just joy in the big win now, but there's joy in the sustainable journey. There's joy in the slow tango in the dance of this life. And um, for the first time, I don't feel, I feel a different kind of exhilaration. I feel an exhilaration of 
it's a different kind of fun. <laughs> Sometimes I think like, like maybe I'm so boring because I don't want to go jump off of a mountain or skydive or do these things anymore. But I, there's certainly some outer world things that I want to create. And there is a different kind of joy in the isness of my life and business. And I know that to a lot of you, that may not be sexy, but to my clients, it is sexy. And I don't want to be a, a big pusher of seven-figure promises and bullshit bullet points. I want to work with people who are on the long, slow tango journey, who want to have an open heart in life and in work, and who want to profit big, not just in their business, but in their emotion, in their relationships. This is the work I've come here to do. Open heart, slow tango, big profit. And so um, I just wanted to share that these three things, they're relatively new for me. I am still in the launch phase of these three things. Open heart, slow tango, big profit. And I'm, it is, it is taking, I am, I'm not necessarily leaving behind the risk taking Allison, the wild and crazy Allison, the fast Allison, um, or the Allison that overspins every once in a while. She's not left behind. She's transformed and she's got so much more wisdom. And that's what I want to help my clients see. I love, um, I see that on the live stream, Carolina just hopped in and Carolina has been my client for three months. Um, she's done a couple testimonials to tell me the impact of her business. And she shared in our group the other day, I know she doesn't mind me sharing this, that every Friday she's taking off and that um, she's adopted the mindset and business set and the business strategy that naps are profitable. And even her husband is helping her take naps for profitability. And that was a concept that I had to give to myself, that naps are profitable, that space is profitable. So I could go on and talk about these things forever. <laughs> I love them. Um, I would love to hear both from the live audience and from my podcast. What does open heart mean to you? What does slow tango, if it resonates with you, what would your version of slow tango be? And what is big profit? Where do you want to profit big in 2020? Where do you want to profit big in your business, in your life, in your heart? What is big profit? And where are you willing to realize that what got you here won't get you where you want to go next? What got you here is not what will propel the becoming of you that is the fullness of you. And with that, I um, am going to hop off and spend time with my daughter for her birthday. We have, so we have baby Bowman who was born on the 19th. We have Samantha whose birthday is today, the 21st winter solstice is the day of this recording. And then our son, um, his birthday is the 23rd. So um, I'm just so grateful each of you that take time to either watch, to pop by or to listen on the podcast. I'm so grateful for the Solis that are my clients, um, both the everyday shower uppers and the occasional shower uppers. I'm so grateful for our community. Um, soulful success is the epitome 
in my heart of open-hearted, slow tango, big profit. And so any of you that want to consider um, becoming a member, you can go to coachwithallison.com and find out more. And with that, I will see you on the next episode. Bye, Solis. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.